Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. continued that way has been built on missions. God blesses a church. Uh, he's been good to me. And he's directed me. Protected me. And guided me all these years. If you have your Bibles, I'm breaking in a new Bible here. You said, why? Well, it's large print. <laughs> My wife asked me on the way to church, you got your hearing aid in? I said, no, I, I, what what'd you say? <laughs> but you just certain age, you start to come apart, I reckon. Something wrong anyhow. But, uh. I'm hobbling like Brother C because I got one of them uh, metallic knees. <laughs> and it, it, sometimes it just doesn't incorporate uh, the way I want it to incorporate anyhow. But I, I'm blessed to be here, I promise you. I got our youngest son there, Jody, and his wife, Christy, and their oldest son, Zachary. And it's good to see you, Zachary, and them other two, I don't know. In Psalms 85, verse number 6, it says, Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? What's the, what's the proof? How can I tell if I've been revived? Now, we got armadillo waiting, right? I've eaten armadillo. It's pretty good. It's not as good as the octopus, though. Right, Jody? <laughs> You'd be glad to get it you get down in South America. The number one thing that'll prove I've been revived is love for other people. Love of other people. Now, there's some people I don't like, but I love everybody. There's some people I don't want to be around, and I make that choice, not you, but I still love them. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, I believe it's verse number 8, love never faileth. When everything else you've tried to get that person to come to Jesus, just love them. Just love them. Just let them know you love them. Don't be, don't be bashful about it. Because it works, folks. I was just telling uh, Brother Wilbur a while ago, uh, the church I pastor over in Stockton has a lot of uh, elderly people in there. 
And I'd be one of them. I'm 80 years old, fixing to be 81. I know I don't look it. Amen. But I feel it. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're, they're such good people. And I think, and, and we're a small church, by the way. I think we got maybe from 8 to 10 people in their 80s that are faithful to that church. Very faithful. I, I, I don't know how churches do this, but sometimes it does happen. When I went to Stockton, the church had, a preacher had split it because he was Calvinistic, big time. Well, I ain't. I'm big time whosoever will. I mean, the water of life is for everybody, thank God. Jesus didn't die for a few. He died for everybody. Now, look at Wilbur, and that's hard to believe, but I'm going to say he did die for you, Wilbur, and he does love you. Amen. <laughs> but within a block of the church, there was an elderly man and uh, he was in his 80s. And his son married a lady that was, got saved at our church. And she got interested in her father-in-law. Father and told him he had to go to church with her. And he did. And uh, I always I recognize visitors and speak to them and say something to them and he told me, he said, I hadn't been in church in, I forget how long, huh, a lot of years. But I said, I'm glad you're here. And uh, he was partly disabled and ride his little scooter when the weather was permitted, his little scooter to church. And he listened. And then one day, here he come and got saved. Just love them. Love them like they are. Don't try to make people like you. Love them like they are. <laughs> Had another man, and I've known him all my life. He was born and reared there at Stockton. And he was a good moral man, a very good moral man. But he just didn't go to church. Got him to come to church. And sure enough, one Sunday morning when I got through preaching, here he come. He said, Preacher, I want to be saved. I said, Well, that's an easy solution. Let's get down here and talk with the Lord. And he got saved. And I don't know how long afterward, on Wednesday night, for some unknown reason, because you your crowd gets smaller on Wednesday nights. But God impressed me to teach on giving. And I did. And he was there. And he, he's, he's a good listener. And the next Sunday, he come to me. And he, Brother Steve, he had a roll of $100 bills. I said, what in the world are you doing, brother? He said, I'm catching up my giving. Thousands of dollars. 
I wanted to ask, but you're not sure that's not a love offering for the pastor? <laughs> Just love them. Amen. Let them know you love them. Amen. You'd be amazed that the little children know you wouldn't because you got a bus minister. You'd be amazed, though, at the children that daddy and mama never shows love toward them. God help us. God have mercy on us. But if I'm revived like I should be, I'll love them. Amen. I'll hug their little necks. Amen. Thank God for them. That's a church of the future. Amen. So we love. <laughs> we love. You're not only going to love people, but you're going to love this old book. Every day, every day God speaks to me through his word, through his word. I'm going through the book of Psalms every day for my personal doings. And I'm amazed how David always crying out for help. I mean, he's just crying out. I'm amazed. I'm amazed I just got through with 1 John. And I'm amazed that 37 times in the 1 John, the little five chapters, it tells me I need to know some things. And God calls some people liars in there. Do you know that? Yes, he does more than once. There's some things we need to know. Beyond anything else, you need to know you're born again. That God is your father. Amen. You not only need to know you're born again, you need to know that somebody moved in on you when you got saved. Amen. And somebody, mm, somebody sealed you up. Amen. Thank God. And somebody sanctified you. Set you apart. Being the Holy Ghost of God, that's who did all that. You didn't know it was happening. I didn't know I got baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. That night I come down the aisle and ask Jesus Christ to come into my life. But I got baptized into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! Hallelujah. Somebody asked me one day, you been baptized? More than once. But there's just one that counts. Amen. Love. Love for the church of God. Amen. I'm saved, preacher, but I just don't go to church. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking for you at heaven. You don't love the church. You don't love what Jesus loved. And Jesus died for it. And he... Mm, He's coming back for it. I wish y'all didn't have steps. I like to get out there amongst people. Love the church. Amen. I just, the reason I don't go, I just can't stand. Watch out now. The Bible says very plainly that if you don't forgive me, you can quit praying about getting forgiveness. It's in the book, folk. It's in the book. 
that if you don't love somebody, you say, well, pre preacher, nobody has ever done you wrong. Should I testify? <laughs> My first church I pastored, I got voted out of it. And I kept the little letter they wrote. And every time I had somebody to preach here at Victory, I'd show them that letter. I said, I've got a degree. You know why? I hadn't forgive a board of deacons. I hadn't forgiven. And I went off to a camp meeting down in the edge of Florida. And an old timey preacher, I was a young fellow back then, Preached a message on forgiving others. And God ate my lunch. And I got on my knees in that sawdust. And I said, God, forgive me. And he said, I will when you go and get it right with those deacons. Lord, I didn't do nothing. The letter they wrote me, they not said one thing I preached wrong or did wrong. I said, I'll take care of it when you go take care of it. And I'll give you your peace and joy back. And I didn't even tell my wife what I was doing. I took that letter and I burned it. God said, okay. When you get it right with them. And I went from house to house and told them, I said, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did or said. It's not in the letter. And every Sunday when they gave me a paycheck, I signed it and threw it in the offering plate because I had a very good job. And I went to every one of them, and the one I dreaded most, I saved to last. And I knocked on the door, and he came to the door, and there's a screen door between me and him, and I told him I wanted to come in and talk with him a moment. He wouldn't invite me in his house. And I told him, I said, well, I don't know what I did or what I said. It would cause this friction between me and you. But I want to ask your forgiveness and promise you I'll never do it again, whatever it was. Get it right with God. I said, already done that. Good day. Yeah, I know what it is. Did he ever? No, no. But I still love him. Amen. Number two. When you get revived, you'll want unity. Man, how like the pastor of church that everybody's unified. Everybody's seeking the same goal. Everybody's working just like everybody else. Unity, that, that's a good word, folks. The pastor that was there where I met before me has gone a few miles down the road and started another church. And uh, I really didn't know him, but yet I did know him by name. 
And when Stockton Baptist asked me to come as pastor, I told him I would. And the Lord laid it on my heart to call that pastor. And I did call him, told him who I was. Of course, he knew me. And I said, I want to buy your lunch. Let's go eat a steak. He liked that. I mean, he was ready. I said, I'll come by and pick you up. I went by and picked him up. We went to the steakhouse. I said, you get whatever you want. I'm rich. I got more money than I know what to do with. I can prove that. My bills are paid. Everything I got is, I, I, I own it. And here's money. So it's more than I need. Don't you run up to me after service. <laughs> Y'all already got it in your mind. I can tell you. I can tell it right off. We had a good time. You said, well, what was your motive in doing that? Preacher, he split the church. And over half of them are gone. I wanted to let a preacher know that I wouldn't be his enemy. That I'm not going to go around preaching and teaching against him. That I love him and I'll do anything for him. And I meant that. I've been there nine years. And from the pulpit, I've never mentioned his name that I know of. Now I attack the doctrine. I'm going to teach doctrine straight. And I'm going to tell you, Calvinism is an ugly thing. Ugly thing. And we got through with lunch, and I carried him back home and told him I appreciate him going with me and all that. And uh, he said, well, I owe you a steak dinner. I said, yep. That's been several years now. <laughs> Unity. We're in this for one reason. God don't have two bodies. He has one. God don't have two churches. He has one. Amen, church. Whether I agree with Brother Steve parts his hair or not is not important. Amen. We're unified to glorify God. We're unified to uplift one person. Jesus Christ. We're unified for one purpose. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you, ye shall receive power. We're unified to reach in the world. You know that group of disciples? In, if I remember correctly, 47 years had preached the gospel to all the knowing world. They took it serious. We read Matthew 28, 19. We don't take it serious to go in all the world and teach and preach to everybody. You'll have a new love life. There'll be a new unity. And you'll have joy. When David come to God, 
when David come to God and was going to get it right, what he did with Bathsheba. And this is years after it happened now. Read Psalms 51. He said, Lord, restore the joy of your salvation. The reason some people don't have joy, they've not been revived. Amen. Get right with God and you'll be able to rejoice. Thank God for that song y'all sang, Trio. You need to put it on a yeah, CD or something, whatever you put it on, and mail it to every preacher in America. Amen. That's what we're here for. That's our ultimate purpose, to see men, women, boys, and girls come to know Jesus Christ is their Savior. We got no other thing to be here for. I quite often ask Stockton Baptist Church, why did God leave you here? Well, most of us, he didn't lead us here to beautify the place. He left us here to reproduce. I give this illustration quite often. When I was growing up as a boy, we was poor people. My mom and daddy, I mean poor, poor. Most of you have never been there. I don't wish for you to go. But we had some chickens. I raised some biddies with the 4-H club. And when they got old enough, we had chicken, of course, a lot. Because we, the, the, the male ones, we killed and ate and left the female to lay eggs and produce eggs for a hungry people. And mama would come out there sometimes and say, Carla, you see that old hen in the corner over there? I said, yes, ma'am. Go get her. I said, mama? Well, there's 25 hens in there and we've been getting 24 eggs. He said, I've been watching her. And said, so that old hen cackles, but she ain't got nothing to cackle about. Yeah. Reminds me of a lot of people. <laughs> Go get her. Wring her neck. The preacher's coming Sunday. We're going to have chicken. Yeah, and all I'll get is the foot. Because the preacher's coming. We had an old Jersey milk cow. And I still ain't found somebody to tell me why we had to get up for daylight and milk that cow. Is the milk going to spoil? <laughs> but there came a day when she could not give milk. And we killed her and had beef to eat. My, my, my. We had an old Poland China hog. It had pigs ever so often. But there come a day and hour she could not give pigs. And we killed her. And we had chitlins for breakfast. <laughs> Bringing eggs. Some of y'all ain't been there. Some of you ain't as smart as I am. Because I ate me some brains. 
but we killed her. Now, my question to you is, why did we kill the chicken, that old hen? She ceased to reproduce. She's no good. Why did we kill the old cow? She ceased to be able to reproduce. We killed her. Why did we kill that old Poland China sowhog? Because she ceased to reproduce. Now me as a human being, and you would have done the same thing, do that with animals. We have a gracious God, or he'd do that with some of us. You need to reproduce. Unity, love, joy. There's no greater joy in the world than telling somebody about Jesus and see them respond. You won't rise no higher than that. Amen. They tell us less than 20% of non-Christians reproduce. Less than 20%. Amen. Last but not least, you'll, you'll have joy. You'll have unity. <laughs> you'll have joy and you'll have love. But you'll also have fruit. In reading that 51st Psalm, and I'm not going to read it for you, I want you to read it. David not only told God to restore to him the joy of salvation, but after God's going to do all that, David said, then I'll teach again. You don't know Jesus in a real way, and you haven't reproduced, you ain't got too much to tell people. You don't. You need people. You need to go out and meet people and show an interest in people and help people. Amen. Sometimes it will cost you. Amen. Sometimes you're going to have to share some of that I showed you a while ago with some people to help them. There's great need, and I'm not here as a pessimist, but there's a great need in our country and it's fixing to be more of a great need to help people with food, whatever it might be. We're heading down a dark road, folks. Dark road. We're heading down a road most of us have never been on before when we don't know where the next meal is coming from or with someone else kin to us or a friend to us or whatever. God help us. Show the love that we're supposed to. God help us to be unified as one church. One church. Amen. God help us to have joy unspeakable and full of glory 
Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength, it tells us. And last but not least, let's produce some fruit. Let's don't go to heaven by ourselves. Let's carry somebody with us. As a poor boy and growing up in Stockton, Georgia, we, us bunch of boys always get together and play something in the woods or wherever. And about dark, me and Smitty, my older brother, we knew we better head to the house. There wasn't no street lights in Stockton. And we'd head on home, barefooted, dirty, you name it, because we knew mama was going to have supper on the table. And she ain't going to call you but once. She'd call the roll. My mama gave birth to nine head of youngins. God help her. God bless her. What a woman. And we'd head home, me and Smitty. And we'd get there. And mama would always ask, Carlin? Yes, ma'am. You bring somebody with you? She wanted to know how many plates to set. And most of the time I say, yeah, Jimmy's with me. Jimmy was my best friend. When I got saved, my daddy had open heart surgery in Jacksonville, Florida. And I know Jimmy was there working as a deputy sheriff. And I was down there with my daddy, my brothers and sisters, and my mama. And I looked up his phone number and called him. I hadn't seen him since I'd gotten saved and was preaching. And I said, Jim, what's up? He said, this is you, Carla. I said, yeah, this is me. What you doing down here? And I told him. I said, man, I want to buy you dinner. Because I knew he was lost. And I invited him to meet me for lunch. Uh, uh, I got a meeting. He wouldn't do it. Years went by. And we was having a little family, Allen family reunion. It ain't little because there's so many of us, but most of us are slim and trim. Could I give you my life verse? It's in Proverbs. He that trusted the Lord shall be made fat. <laughs> it works. But my oldest sister, she's dead in heaven now, called me one day and said, Carlton, have you heard about Jimmy? I said, no. She said, he's got cancer. I said, my soul. Said he's calling for you. I said, well, where is he? She said, he's living with his sister in Douglas, Georgia. I said, you got her number? Yep. I said, give it to me. I called her. I said, Fane, this is Carlton Allen. Oh, Carlton, how are you? I said, I'm fine. I said, you got Jimmy? 
He said, yeah, and said, he's bad off. He said, he's asked about you more than once. I said, where do you live? How do you get there? And I took off. And I went, sat down with him, talked with him, told him about Jesus. He made this statement. He said, you don't know what I've done. I said, I could care less what you've done. And I said, God could care less. You can read your, all your faults to God if you want to, but God, hey, God gives freedom. Amen. Liberty and life. He wouldn't do it. He just turned, and I, I left there crying because I know his time was limited. I don't remember how long, a week maybe. I went back to Douglas. Once again, he turned me down. He thought he had been so bad as a deputy sheriff. And I don't know what all he did. Don't know nothing he did. I was fishing to go preach a meeting in Ludowice, Georgia. I was starting on Wednesday night with Brother Terry Sellers. And I thought, well, I got to go see Jimmy one more time. Because I'll be over there busy that meeting. I can't go. And so I went to Douglas. I called Fane before I went. The sister. She said, Carl, I won't be there. And under my breath, I said, hallelujah. She said, but I have a maid that comes in and cleans the house. She'll be there. She'll let you in. I told her that the rev was coming. I said, okay. I got there and knocked on the door, and she come to the door, very courteous, nice black lady. And she said, you be the rev? I said, in life, I'm him, I'm him. He be in there on the couch. And I went in there. And, I, and he was a very sick man. And I said, Jimbo, one more time, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And he listened, and he went to crying. And the, 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 the black lady was standing at the door. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the truth. Well, you don't say that to preachers. You'd be here all night. Me and him got on that floor. And he prayed the most beautiful prayer. Asking God to come into his life. I headed out for a little whiskey a day or so late. And I got to the motel where they was going to put me. Got out of the car and my cell phone rang. And it was his sister. Fame. She said, Carla, Jimmy just... Went to heaven. Said from the time you was here the other day until he died, he never took another pain pill. And said just before he died, he raised up his hands and looked upward. 
Don't let your friend die. Don't let your parents die. My mom and daddy had to get saved after me. First person I ever baptized was my mama. She wouldn't get into baptistry. We had to go to the Lapahole River. Lord help. If you don't get nothing else this week, remember my little saying that I borrowed from another preacher. Is it right to hear the gospel twice before everybody's heard it once? Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're so good to us. Help our paths cross other people's paths. And Lord, we'll see fruit for your glory in people repenting and getting saved. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand tonight. You've heard the message. It's your opportunity to respond accordingly.